Are you ready? Are you really ready? Are you ready for a hoedown, a shindig, a hootenanny? Well then... Chicken in the bread pan, picking out dough, big pig root in a little tater row, dream infringement, it's our show, so take a partner and do-si-do. Chicken on the fence and possum on the rail, take your honey and away you sail, now come back and do it again, this show's hosted by three friends. Corn on the cob and weed in the sack. Meet your partner, promenade back. We tell stories on a weekly theme. It's a family show and we'll keep it clean. Hey, straw is cheaper and grass is free. Horses eat it, so why don't we? First there's Bobby, got fantastic hair. When you dance, you gotta make it square. Hold them peas and hold them right. Swing your honey if it takes all night. Sweet Emily with a smile so grand. Take your partner by the hand. All join hands and circle to the south. Get a little moonshine down your mouth. Jennifer's home with kidrons and books. With a cup of tea and a cozy nook. We're just glad you listened to our show. Don't change that dial in. Here we go. I hardly know what to say after that (laughs) really lively intro. Uh, Thank you, Jennifer. That was amazing. Um, Yeah, so the theme of our show this week is sayings or like funny sayings or sayings that we find amusing um, in the English language and in other languages as well. Another way you could describe this is an idiom, which is a group of words established by usage as having a meaning not deducible from those of the individual words. So that is your distance learning lesson for the day. Um, Yeah, so funny sayings and idioms, that is this week's show theme. Hit the road is an idiom, and it feels like it's almost so ingrained into our vocabulary that it doesn't even seem strange to us. Like we all just, well, I'm speaking for everyone, but for myself, I inherently just know what that means. But um, it's interesting because all of these sayings have origins. And to hit the road doesn't just mean to leave, and obviously it doesn't mean that you're actually on a road, sometimes. And the origin of the term is from horses hitting the road with their hooves. And just walking around would be hitting the road, since you'd be like, if you're the horse, stomping your feet on the road. Um, Or the same for like, a car's tire. So... The meaning is that you're moving fast, you're getting out. Um, It can also be, like in this song, a mildly offensive way to tell someone to just leave. Nowadays, it doesn't carry as much offense to it as it used to, um, and sometimes we even say that we're going to hit the road 
which is a contradiction in its use as an offensive idiom. Like, well, I better hit the road. Um, I know I say that. I think. I've thought it. (laughs) I'm not sure how often I've said that. But yeah, it's not offensive. I'm not telling myself to get out of here in a rude way. Um, So yeah, just a little a little tidbit of a common idiom that most of us use or have used. So my longtime friend Melody is married to a man from afar and I asked if they could go over some fun sayings and expressions and to my delight they teamed up and tackled some of these sayings and expressions together because uh, some of them are a little strange when you hear them for the first time. They're definitely, especially ones involving brown cheese and potatoes. And here we go. I'm Melody. Ronnie is... Yes, that's Ronnie. He is my husband. I'm American from New York. Ronnie is Swedish. Svensk. Yes, Svensk. He's Swedish. Um, born and raised in Sweden. We've been married for 16 years. His family is Danish, but his parents are from Denmark, but he was born and raised in Sweden. Apple or cheese. Apple or cheese. So he speaks both languages fluently as well as English. So when we were approached about talk, doing these sayings, I actually don't know or haven't heard the majority of these Danish or Swedish sayings. So this will be my first time reading these as well. So I thought it would be really funny for me to hear them for the first time as well. So this one, this one looks amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So this means, so a Swede doesn't seek revenge. He gives back for old cheese. Right. You would explain this. No. <laughs> I mean, that's what, what? I've heard that one uh, in old movies. Uh, yeah. I've, I've so is it like an old one. saying? Uh, is it not used in everyday vernacular? No, definitely not an everyday thing. Um, the one above it, slang day vegan. Take a hike, literally. Throw yourself against the wall, please. That's something that we would have used maybe when I was a kid. That's really brutal. Like, you can't be serious. Well, you, 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 for, you forget that we're Vikings, or were at one point. So but, like, what does that normal. have to do with a wall? Throw yourselves against... Okay, I can see that. Like, you know, pillaging. <laughs> <laughs> throw yourselves against the yes. wall. Would you, would you prefer to throw yourself against the wall, or do you want me to do it? <laughs> right, okay. So this one, um, this is funny because, I mean, we know Swedes love pancakes. So obviously, as Americans, we say easy as pie. Let's and plat. And what is it? Let's and plat. This means easy as a pancake. Yes. And Swedes make pancakes that are very similar to crepes. Um, well, this plat is actually, um, it's the pancake looking more like yours. So it's oh, really? smaller. Yeah. It's smaller and a, a thicker. We call those silver dollars in America. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, this is my favorite. I actually did read this. This one. 
Nu har du satt din sista potatis. It means you have planted your final potato. Yes. If, if you have had it up to here with someone, you yep. threaten them by telling them you have planted your last potato. You're done. <laughs> what kind of threat <laughs> is that? Done planting potatoes at least <laughs> for the year. For, in my yard. <laughs> I mean, Go somewhere else. you you have to be on fairly good terms if you're planting potatoes in somebody's yard. Go yeah. somewhere else and yeah. plant your potatoes. That's, I mean, yeah. I can, I can remember hearing that in the movies, that? Like, especially with a Stockholm accent. That's amazing. That's awesome. I want, you need to teach me how to say that because that's like yeah. my new favorite insult. Uh huh. Have you ever said this? What like, is that? Like egg. It means no way. Like yeah. egg. And even before you said no way, I remember girls telling me this in grade school. <laughs> it's like leg off, which means quit. Quit. Sluta, but yes, leg egg is a little bit more. Lay eggs. Yeah. It, oh, wait, wait. We have out. something in English. What is that? We do have like something really. S- I mean, I've heard kids say like, go lay an egg. Yeah. Where somewhere. does that come from? I don't know if it's. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Let's look at some of the Danish ones. What's that? The first one? Top one, yeah. Take so when Danes are surprised, they don't say "holy cow." Rather, they say "take a whole vacation." Say that again. I think I might have heard that from one of my dad's friends when I was a kid. I mean, that makes as much sense as "holy cow," doesn't it? Because where, why would "holy cow" make? But that's well, like an exclamation. In India, cows are holy. If we go take it there, <laughs> right? So. It says, you you won't hear well, Jesus Christ in Denmark. Instead, yeah. they use gentle Moses. Mil Moses. That, that might have been something my grandma would have said. Mil Moses. Man, these are weird. Mm. This one is interesting. I have a hen to pluck with you. Yes. So it's like, um, oh, what's the you English? Got something to settle, a bone to pick with you. I have a bone to pick with you. Just a little bit more deeper. Wait, picking there's the various levels. The <laughs> Why you go oh, okay. further into okay. the <laughs> into the animal? The okay, <laughs> I get that. Okay, actually, that's that's very uh, philosophical. I okay, I get that. Now this is really weird. What is this? Yes, so um, I'm not going to be unauthentic. These are Norwe- Norwegian, so I'm not going to be unauthentic and pretend to be Norwegian. I'm a fruit bay and pronounced to be born behind a brown cheese, so that's Norwegian. Ulo emotion, that would be one we use both in Sweden and Denmark. There are owls in the bog. Yes, Uglumosen. There's so the meaning is there is something secretive or sinister about a situation. There are owls in the bog. Yes. You are on a ugly and it's when you you have a, a suspicion that something is afoot. Like Uglymosen. Skooks Toki. This one? Forest crazy, yeah. Forest crazy. Yeah. So not raging mad, but forest crazy. Yeah. What's this? What? That, that is like right on. That doesn't right even. Point, yeah. That doesn't even make sense in English. What? Boom on the beetroot. 
What does that yes. mean? It means like this is not right on right to the point. Pankurabeta. Ah, it's just you're really quick about something. Well, this was um pretty informative. There's only so this isn't a saying, but it's a uh, tongue twister. Oh yes. Um, it's Danish, and anytime <laughs> anybody asks Ronnie to speak Danish, it's our favorite. It's our favorite um, Danish. No, I cannot give, give it a go. There is no English. <laughs> our, we don't yeah, have these the sounds. No, we don't have these sounds in English. I can't get my throat to make these. It's like Mongolian throat singing. I can't. I can't. No, it's not rude. It's the same thing. It's in the back of your throat, and you we do don't. It. We don't talk that way. What? No. <laughs> I Amazing. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> and it's like a dessert, right? Yeah, it's a strawberry cream with cream. <laughs> <laughs> nice. A Swedish one too. You know, "hul" is very difficult to say. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. "Hul hua hul ka hua" man from Shanghai. Seven C six C man from Shanghai. Yeah. Yeah. We've discussed going to vegan. Is it when you overwork yourself, walk into the wall? All right. Well, that was fun. And I hope we gave you some stuff to enjoy. Thanks. Bye. So much thanks to Melody and Ronnie for that very funny breakdown of some Swedish and Danish sayings. Um, I asked them to pick a song. This is by a Swedish artist named Maro Skoko, and it is called Sarah. On the subject of idioms, Emily, mm-hmm. we all, including you listeners, I'm sure you can think back to a time in your past growing up in a home with a family of some type, mm-hmm. growing up hearing idioms. Mm-hmm. A lot of us hear our first idioms because they are being said by our parents mm-hmm. or our aunts or our uncles. Or grandparents yes so that's usually our introduction to this beautiful uh, word magic that we've come to call idioms so Emily are there any idioms that you grew up with <laughs> one that I just recently as in like just now looked up um, that I grew up with was <laughs> like Hogan's goat <laughs> so use it in a sentence what was the most common thing you might um it's messed up like hogan's goat or Or i'm as hungry as hogan's goat i don't think we said it like that it was more in reference to something i think going wrong or okay something like that yeah so i looked it up because i thought it was possibly just like a weird family thing but no this is an actual saying and it does, it refers to something that is faulty, messed up, or stinks like a goat. A goat. And the phrase is a reference to R.F. 
Out Cult's seminal newspaper comic Hogan's Alley, which debuted in 1895, and just there's a lot of references to Hogan's goat. So was this an actual goat? Um, Owned by a man named Hogan? I'm not sure. I <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, messed up like Hogan's goat. Yeah. Yeah. This is as yeah. This is as wrong as Hogan's goat. Yeah, that's... So would you say Hogan's Goat got the short end of the stick when it came to references? Like, it was mostly negative things. <laughs> Probably, yeah. So you wouldn't say, like, uh, say you won a trip, you won a ticket to a Disney cruise. Mm-hmm. Would you say, like, oh, this is as this is as awesome as Hogan's Goat? You wouldn't say no. that. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't... <laughs> no. So Hogan's Goat is kind it's of just, like... not a good like, thing. Not a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that Great. that was mine. Okay. Uh, any other ones that you'd like to highlight? I, I can't think of any. That one right. just really jumped yeah. out at me like Hogan's goat. <laughs> Good. It's great. In a bad way, I assume. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I grew up with a ton of a ton of sayings, uh, mostly from my dad. My mom's not really an idiom lady, uh, but my dad is. And so I'll just give you each I have four here um and then you can kind of like give me your thoughts on that okay we can talk about it so the first one the the first and foremost one that that pops into my head is one that I recently heard my dad say he said in in reference to uh this kind of like up-and-coming uh construction worker that he was familiar with that I think thought he this construction worker thought he knew a lot more about you know his job than Mm. than most people kind of a Mm know-it-all and so my dad said uh in reference to him he said i've forgotten more than he knows (laughs) so i thought that was pretty it's a great saying it was great it was great Uh, and to me that's really great because it 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 really does paint a a really sad picture of just how much my dad knows versus just how little this other person knows oh yeah yeah so i thought that was really good another one that he used to say a lot growing up a lot and keep in mind i grew up in in southern arizona and we get really really heavy rains during monsoon season so it's just like really comes down, really comes down when it does rain. And my dad would say, it's raining like a cow peed on a flat rock. <laughs> He'd say that without hesitation, without any kind of like, I'm going to use, he just used it like, you know, like it was every day. Lang- like it was language. like, sorry, everyone, but like it was splashing everywhere and getting all over the place. I guess so. Just like really... Uh, really heavy downpour. (laughs) (laughs) So, so any thoughts on that? I, I get it. (laughs) I get it. All right. And then, um, another thing he would say is, uh, I remember him saying this a lot. We, I grew up in a, in a construction family, so we were always like doing lots of different kinds of things within the construction realm. And, uh, sometimes we'd break out concrete and, and sometimes, some concrete, believe it or not, is is a lot tougher than other concrete. Uh, that happens, and you generally are using like 
you know, sledgehammers and pry bars and jackhammers. And I remember my dad frequently saying, you know, when it was ne- when it was necessary. He only said these these idioms. These idioms were only uttered when it was absolutely fitting for the situation. He never used them out of context or as an exaggeration. It was just like right on the money. Another idiom right there. <laughs> so uh, he 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 would say this concrete is harder than old folks' toenails. That's what he would say. And you can judge all you want, but this was the same my dad, you know, would say. And you you know it, it it's these sayings are gen they're generalities. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Yeah. You know, I mean, they're just you know not everybody experiences this. This main you know this is just what they what he chose to say. Um, and last but not least, do you think I've been around? this long just to see the seasons change which i think maybe a lot of people heard growing up and so emily what what does this mean to you um like you think i'm just here sitting around doing nothing yeah like i have no purpose uh it i feel like it points more towards the person's wisdom that they've oh. accumulated through life and experience. I see that. I can yeah. see that. Another one that came to mind was, I was born on a Tuesday, but not last Tuesday. Mm, That's another one. Gotcha. There's a lot of seasoned, you know, uh, human beings out there yeah, who, yeah. Have, who have been around for many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes when their wisdom is being underestimated, they might pull this little, you know, gem out of their pocket. I like it. Yeah. I appreciate it. So that concludes idioms within a family setting. Yep, that's that's, that's that. about it. <laughs> Growing up, I remember my mom using three different expressions fairly commonly. One came from my grandma, and it was always keep those home fires burning, meaning you should never neglect the romance in your own marriage. One my mom got from a teacher that was, you eat first with your eyes. Basically, that helping a food look more appetizing, in fact, made it more appetizing. There's some foods you can't do anything about. Sloppy Joe's, it's in the name. The last one was, marry in haste, repent at leisure. Meaning you should really get to know the person you're gonna marry before you marry them. Growing up though, we had quite a few friends that were from different parts of the South and they had a lot of expressions of their own. I'm going to invoke a southern accent because I feel like it really imparts much more of the meaning of the saying. All right, so there was, I haven't seen you in a coon's age. He slickered and snot on a glass doorknob. Last time I saw you, you were knee high to a cricket. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. He thought he was hot snot on a golden platter, but really he's just a cold booger on a paper plate. You can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. And finally, the piece de resistance. It's like wiping your butt with a hoop. You just keep going round and round and the mess gets bigger and bigger. I do not know why so many of those sayings involve snot. I do have a song choice. I heard it from 
one of the contributors of all those southern sayings he and his wife sang it at my mom's wedding because they were so adorable when they sang it together um the wife she hated singing in public but she she was game she got up there and it was kind of like you and me together life's a pleasure and i remember enough of the lyrics that i think i might be able to find it i have never tried looking it up i'm not sure who it's by so we'll see what i can find out well future jennifer was successful this is kitty wells and red foley you and me around 1955 you and me together life's a pleasure If you're just tuning in, you are listening to Dream Infringement on KSKQ 89.5 FM Ashland, Oregon, and 94.1 FM Medford, Oregon, also streaming at kskq.org. It's time for your favorite game show that you didn't know existed. What? And it's called... Who? (laughs) It's called Guess the Origins of That Idiom. Oh, it just rolls right off the tongue. I love it. It does. And I'm your host, Emily. And I'm the guest, Bobby. (laughs) I was going to introduce you. Oh, sorry. As the host. Oh, that's my job. Can I be a guest and a host? Sure. <laughs> be a guest guest host. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz um hosts love that. If there's anything that we've learned by the recent news on Wheel of Fortune. Yep, they do. All right, Bobby, are you ready to play? I forgot what I named it. Are guess you ready to guess that? that? The origins of the idiom. I am. I have never been more ready to All do right. anything in my entire life. I'm going to read to you common phrases that we've all heard before and possibly use in our day-to-day language as we speak. Okay. And you are going to tell me what it means, and you're going to take a stab at... Oh, there's an idiom right there. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're going to take a stab at guessing where it came from. Okay, okay. All right. I think I can do this. I've been practicing for weeks for this moment, and I'm not going to let you down, Emily. Thank you, Bobby. And folks at home, feel free to play along. And yell at your uh, radio speakers at the mistakes that I am making, the obvious mistakes that I'll be making. (laughs) All right. Are we ready? Yes. Your first idiom is, cat got your tongue. So I'm supposed to guess where this, where the the country of origin Not the country, but just like, tell me what it means. And then also tell me like why, where it came from. Like, why do, why do you think we say this? Okay. So I think that this is a saying that originated in the 1700s. And I think that it was the result of high society uh, being very, very much intrigued by cats. Okay. And 
them kind of, uh, oh, I know, uh, them thinking that it was okay because, you know, in the 1700s, there was a lot of, like, hygiene stuff going on, like lack of hygiene. So maybe they were feeding the cats treats by placing the treats on their tongues (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then letting the cat, like, swat it off of their tongues, okay? And then, and, you know, as we all know, cats have claws. (laughs) And, you know, when a cat is swatting a treat off of your tongue, could accidentally catch you um, and hurt your tongue and rendering you unable to speak for some time. Okay. So that's what I believe it came from. I think the saying means you can't because you're you're unable to speak. You're speechless. Yeah. Cats got your tongue. Yeah. Well, um, you are right in what it means. Okay. And the origins are about as gross as what you described oh really no but <laughs> no <laughs> i was hoping my exaggeration. sadly you were wrong <laughs> no so my exaggerations are are not that far off they're not that far off and there's there's two possible origins neither of which are pleasant so if you don't want to hear the unpleasantness then turn it down turn it down turn the radio down yeah Okay, so the first one says that this saying could have come from the whip called the Cat o' Nine Tails that was used by the English Navy for flogging and often left the victim speechless. Yes, that would do it. And then the second one may be from ancient Egypt where, and this is where it gets real gross, liars had their tongues cut out as punishment and fed to cats. Okay, yeah. So, so mm-hmm. I, yeah, this it's possible that what we're doing is performing a service for the community in that some of these sayings that you pepper into your everyday life at the grocery store, when you pick your kids up <laughs> at school, when you pay your taxes, um, when you uh, take your picture at the DMV for your driver's license, these are sayings that... Maybe you'll think twice before, you know, saying, mm-hmm. and you'll let that cat get your tongue. <laughs> All right, Bobby, are you ready for our next one? Yes, I am. All right. The walls have ears. The walls have ears. These walls have ears. So what do you think that means? I think it means that someone's like eavesdropping, mm-hmm. but how they connected walls to ears is a little bit confusing to me because walls don't have ears that's true i've checked yeah many of us are familiar with the engineering that goes into walls and usually they're filled with insulation Mm -hmm. or as i like to call it itchy um cotton candy and uh so there's no ears inside the walls Mm-hmm. But also, most walls, you can even try this out, listeners. Put your hand on the nearest wall and just kind of, you know, slide it up and down against the wall. And I think you'll be able to feel that there are very little bumps, if any, <laughs> let alone ears. Thanks for 
describing walls for us, Bobby. Yeah, you're welcome. And if there, if you do fill an ear on that wall, then don't. What are you doing listening to us? You have bigger problems, and your walls will definitely have ears if that's the case. So, so can you? Do you have a guess as to the origins, or do you want me to? Um, tell it sounds you? like something from Germany. <laughs> Close ish, okay. France. Um, it was the Louvre Palace. Louvre. Pa- I don't know. Okay. I don't know French, guys. Um, but that was the palace in France that was believed to have a network of listening tubes so that it would be possible to hear everything that was said in different rooms. People say that this is how Queen Catherine de Medici discovered political secrets and plots. Wow. She just put her ear up to the tube. Yeah. Just put her ear up to the tube. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Okay. <clears throat> you ready for our next one? I, I'm so ready. All right. To have cold feet. To have cold feet. I know where that comes from because everybody always like references it when it comes to weddings. Like, you don't have cold feet, do you? Are your feet cold? I think someone even used that as, as a joke, like tried to use that as a joke on me. And you um, were like, no, sir, my feet are very warm. Feel them. Thank you. Feel them. <laughs> feel the warmth of my feet. <laughs> Uh, so, so I know it means that, like, when you feel, like, nervous and you want to back out of something that mm-hmm. you've agreed to, mm-hmm. uh, or something that's being, is expected of you to do, but the cold feet part, I mean, it doesn't sound pleasant. No. I, I don't, I don't believe any of us, uh, laying in bed at night with cold feet would feel like, yes, this is the feeling that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, if we have cold feet, we remedy that by placing a pair of wool socks upon them. But where did it come from, though? Like, why did we start saying this? Um, okay, I guess it, I'd say Africa, because it's so warm there, the climate, that they probably rarely have cold feet, physically. So that being the case, I would say somewhere in a warmer climate, Maybe not even Africa, like Brazil. Okay. Okay. Somewhere where cold feet would be unpleasant mm-hmm. and maybe even unheard of. <laughs> okay. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> it actually comes from a military term and it's kind of, it's like one of the more literal oh. ones we have here. Uh, when warriors who had frozen feet were not able to rush into battle. They just, they had cold feet, they so they couldn't go. Oh, yeah, that's sad. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll use any more idioms. They're all a little bit sad. They're okay, here's sad. a fun one. Okay, let's hear, let's hear this fun idiom. <laughs> Get ready, buckle up, bu- buckle up, everyone. Gentlemen, start your engines. Okay, it's when you use, Bobby. Oh, no, really? Big wig. I say that? I feel like I've heard you say it before. Okay, yeah, I guess. I guess I've said that. Sounds some like something I would say. <laughs> I think I've said all of these. <laughs> Just today I have used all of these idioms. All right. So what is it what is a big wig? What does that a mean? A big wig. Oh, I think I think big man on campus, the boss, <laughs> large and in charge, the guy who you go to to get things done. The okay. guy who accomplishes the boss, the mm-hmm. big man on campus. Did I say yeah, that already? Yeah, you did. Okay. Yep, you said all those. Yeah, so, and big wig, I would say somewhere where wigs were really common. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would go to um, 
England. They love their wigs. They still wear their wigs in their judicial system, which I uh, half respect and half still question. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's all a theatrical. You know, it's all a stage. The world is a stage. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, you're right. In the 18th century, the most important political figures would wear the biggest wigs. Uh-huh. Hence, today, influential people are called bigwigs. Yeah. See, that was fun. Mm-hmm. To be caught red-handed. Okay, caught red-handed. Um, I know that it means to be, ca- like, if you're caught doing something naughty, <laughs> yes. something bad, something that doesn't reflect well on you, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's theft mm-hmm. or you you got caught put with your hand in the cookie jar, yeah, literally. That's you've been caught red-handed. That's an idiom, also, right? Probably. Is it? Okay. So, uh, I would say caught red-handed. It sounds like a spy-like saying. Caught red-handed. It sounds like something governmental. I'm going to say like the early, like the 1940s or mm-hmm. 50s when like the CIA was just starting to like develop. So, that's what I'm going to say. All right. Well... You're wrong. Okay. It actually comes from an old law that said if someone butchered an animal that didn't belong to them, then that person would be punished if they were caught with blood on their hands. If one was caught with the meat, but his hands were clean, he would not be punished. So you better get cracking. Get washing those hands. Yes. Wow. So. That seems like not a very good law. (laughs) (laughs) Like, listen. <laughs> You're like, but look. <laughs> My hands are clean. <laughs> Your Honor, I would like you to <laughs> take a look at Exhibit 1, My Client's Hands. If you examine them, they are clean as a whistle, which is another idiom. <laughs> Therefore, granting him immunity from being tried for this pig that he has stolen. Okay, here's here's one. Maybe our, we'll do two more. Okay. Okay honeymoon oh boy so that's just a an idiom it's like the the name of something it is but i guess because it's not saying what it is like if you're like oh i'm on my honeymoon and someone who wasn't familiar with that would be like what are you talking about you have been (laughs) you have clearly are on some kind of (laughs) substance saying honeymoon uh, well, as we all know, a honeymoon is a married couple's first night together. That's not... Isn't it? Is it not that? Okay, it's their vacation after yes, they get married? That's, that's what it is. Okay. Is there a name for that? Or maybe not. I don't know. All right. So, uh, honeymoon. Uh, you know, what I like to do with these idioms is kind of paint a word picture in my mind, and therefore you listeners' minds. So if you imagine a moon, and you imagine that moon being covered in honey, okay, I guess that's pretty, that would be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, it, it paints a picture of something very sweet, uh, something that is, I mean, it's got the word moon in it, in it so. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think of night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So okay. Do you Emily, want me to just tell yeah, you? Yeah, why don't you just take, okay. take the will, please? So there's, there's a, a couple... <laughs> there's a couple explanations. Uh-huh. One is that a newlywed couple would have to drink a beverage with honey <laughs> oh for an entire month for fertility and good luck. Oh, boy. And then the other one... It says that the honeymoon was the whole month after a wedding rather than any kind of a holiday. Like we, you know, it's traditionally used in that way now. Mm -hmm. Um, It was when the bride's father would give the groom all the mead he wanted. And mead is a honey beer. Mm -hmm. And it was called the honey month by the Babylonians. But then due to it being a lunar calendar became honey moon. Wow. Well, call me old fashioned. Mm-hmm. But it sure would be nice to to re-implement this tradition of the father-in-law giving the son in the the new son-in-law as much meat as he would like within the month after he, him marrying his daughter. I don't know. I feel like it would get irritating. It would, but that's why I mean, are what traditions aren't irritating? That's why they. That's why they're traditions. Oh, boy. All right. Okay, moving on. Okay. All right. Are you ready for our final idiom? Oh, sure. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Close, but no cigar. Ooh, I like this. Um, Okay, so this conjures up an image of a man smoking a cigar. And I would say, like colonial times when cigars were you know everybody loved tobacco tobacco everything was all about tobacco that's that's what it was all about everyone was smoking cigars the grandmas grandpas kids baby was born you put a cigar in that baby's hand baby's got a cigar so i would say colonial times and oh they are they definitely enjoyed their um they enjoyed their times of leisure and in those times of leisure i imagine them doing a lot of like fun games like foot races uh things where they would tie like ankles together and everyone would just kind of like run in a sack those kinds kinds of things and so i picture like they get like the oldest men in the town all together and they'd all have like their wigs on and stuff and all the big wigs all were the there. big wigs were there which yeah the oldest men in town you have like six or seven and they'd all take their shoes off and they tie they would like tie something heavy to their ankles like a cinder block or something and then they'd have to race each other whilst smoking cigars and if their the cigar fell out of their mouths they'd lose and so so if you want if you're like i made it i won you know the oldest man in town he's like i made it i did it and then and then everyone would look at him like he's the victor but wait close but no cigar he wouldn't have a cigar in his mouth which means that he forfeit he would forfeit the race his win so that's that's what that's what I think it came from. That's a really interesting um, idea, Bobby. And <laughs> you are right in that it does have to do with games. Okay, okay. <laughs> but in the late nineteenth century, carnival games were targeted to adults and not children. So the winners would get a cigar as a prize instead of stuffed animals. 
If the person was close to winning but did not succeed, they'd say it was close but no cigar. Wow. I was close. I was pretty close. You were very close. But no but cigar. But no cigar. Okay, yeah. All right, all right. Well, thanks. Thanks for playing, everyone. Oh, so what do I win? You. A cigar? <laughs> no. Because I don't smoke. I wouldn't know what to do with that thing. Well, I don't know what you would. Okay. The satisfaction of having played a fun game oh and maybe i can get that mead out of your dad you know <laughs> yeah, he never month. gave you that that month mead my month mead well thanks for uh, having me on your show and uh hopefully i brought a little smile to all of your faces all right, I'm sitting down with my two sons. Hello. Weston and Indy. Hello. First of all, how old are you guys? I'm seven. And, and I'm three. That's right, seven and three. So I'm going to read you some funny sounding sayings, and you guys just can tell me what you think of them, okay? All right. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Indy, what do you think that means? That means it's... When I, and I, I like <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. There's a question mark on my head. The next one is fit as a fiddle. Oh. Still don't know. Still in the dark here, guys. Okay, I mean a hood. What does it mean to go on a wild goose chase? Uh, I can, I can answer. Okay, Weston, go ahead. It means to do something tiring and do a bunch of like hard things like trying to put a crayon inside a fire pit that's pretty crazy that's crazy it makes me want to walk all right what if you hear something straight from the horse's mouth i've narrowed it down to something weird throwing up (laughs) (laughs) any thoughts indy Straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, <laughs> he does not. He does, he does All right. Not. Well, thanks, you guys. That was really fun. Can, Give can yourself I say a something? round of applause. Well, folks, that is the end of our show, and that's no idiom. That's just facts. If you would like to, you can go on to Instagram or Facebook and tell us some of your favorite idioms. Just message us on any post. There's not even a specific post about it at this point, but maybe there will be come Monday. And please stick around for Leo with High Tech Soul. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Bye!